Hey guys, uh, alright, welcome to Game Busters. This is a podcast, um, and it is technically sound in every way. Um, <laughs> not, a funny joke, not, a funny yeah, not falling apart at the seams. Um, but yeah, we are, we're back this week. Uh, you thought we were done <laughs> with the last one. <laughs> Uh, when we went after PlayStation in our in our Xbox episode, uh, crushed those Sony ponies. Um, <laughs> is but that what no, they call them? That's what the kids call them nowadays. Yeah, I think Sony phonies um, is another good one. I don't. I know I have... Xbox is the one. Is the X- opposite one. Xbox is good. I like saying X boys more. Yeah, yeah, I think that works better. Um, yeah, but anyway, so this is a podcast, and uh, every week, uh, you know, we get together and we talk about the history and legacy of a game we love, and just kind of how it came to be, and uh, yeah, just kind of chill and talk about cool stuff. So, I am Nirav, and I am, as usual, going to be your host, and I am joined, as always, by my uh, lovely co-host, Ree. Hey, howdy. And today we have a very special guest. Uh, we finally did it, folks. Um... That's right. We have Phil Spencer on the podcast. Hello. Wow. It's me. <laughs> I probably should have picked somebody else from New Zealand so we could have run the ruse a little longer. <laughs> Today we have Flight of the Concords. <laughs> all of them. That's all all of the Concords are here. Um uh okay, so yeah, we have a uh, Jared on uh from uh, Rainbite Studios who's a uh, developer and he's got a cool new game coming out which we will def- we'll talk about a good bit at the end of the show here. Um say hi. Hello. It's actually me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, welcome in. So, uh we're we're easy breezy now. Um we're we're throwing I know this podcast has kind of been criticized for being too structured and too serious in the past. Um We're very serious people. We're very serious, and so we're kind of toning it down a little bit. Um, so yeah, we're just going to start off by talking about what we're all what we're all playing right now. So uh, Jared, why don't you kick us off? What do you What are you playing right now in your free time? Oh, we playing um, Titanfall a bit. I played the Mass Effect trilogy. I'm starting it. That's kind of what I've been doing most. Oh, uh, Ree has some things to talk about with you. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Which one are you on? Are you Have you just started the first one? I'm I'm like ten hours into the first one. Yeah. It's the first time I've properly played it through. Oh wow! How, what's your like impressions of it then so far? It's kind of janky still, even though they've made it better. <laughs> the cover system is like horrendous. Um, but the really a lot of the menus. I'm just saying all the bad things, I guess. But a lot of the menus don't feel right. <laughs> like you're in the world map, but you can't access your quest log at the same time, so you don't know where you're going. <laughs> and then equipping stuff is, like, terrible. When you go to a shop, it gives you dialogue options to get, like, non-human armor or, like, other things. I'm like, what's going on? This is, like, so weird. But overall, it's pretty good. I mean, like, <laughs> the, like, dialogue and the story choices and the Mako is actually fine. Yeah, it's wow. not terrible this time. Um, <laughs> I, I actually have had the Mako, like, stop a uh, run twice already though uh don't drive into walls it doesn't really know what to do and it will just sort of get stuck there i feel like someone calling the mako actually fine is like the highest (laughs) praise i've ever heard for it yeah um yeah i completely agree with everything you said (laughs) nice they have done a fairly decent job of modernizing it but that's only because the original was just that bad it definitely looks better Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, I actually have a question since you guys have been like looking at it in motion. Like I've heard a lot of people complaining that like the the lighting doesn't look as good or like it's like calling into relief like the the like non well textured details of stuff. Like is that is that your experience or you think the lighting looks good? I I would say the uh... lighting overall is better, but I think some of it's to do with like materials and textures. Like the eyes look better, skin looks better, and some scenes are better lit and then i saw some comparison shots where some scenes have a completely different vibe because of the lighting but i think overall it's better yeah is there a lot of lens flares like in the pictures there's a lot there's a lot lot. there are a lot so this (laughs) is jj abrams presents mass effect (laughs) yeah 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 okay cool uh re what are you playing right now obviously mass effect (laughs) Yeah, um, I'm actually at the very end of the first Mass Effect now. Um, I'm a l- I've got a little bit more praise, but like that's also solely just because I've I've played the original before. I played it twice, so going into this, it's like this is the best game I've ever played in my life. It's like no, it's just because they made it slightly more tolerable. Uh, the menus still suck, but 
because I'd already played it twice, I sort of knew where everything was. So it They're preserving the creator's intent. <laughs> um, with like the aesthetic of it, yeah, they've like the way they've done the lighting now because in the original they basically just like use like one color for a world. So like in the first one, I think there's a lot of red everywhere. Um, and they've sort of got rid of that, and now every world like has multiple colors. I don't think it's too bad. I think for the most part, it works really, really well. Maybe I'll change my mind as the series goes on. But yeah, I'm, I've almost completed it, which is probably the fastest I've ever completed a game before because I got it last Sunday, and I could, if I started playing tonight, could probably finish it. Um, the, big, the biggest thing is that it runs at 60 FPS for me because it just looks so much smoother than some like blurry yeah, 30 FPS game. <laughs> See, I'm having to play on PS4, which means you have to choose between the improved graphics or the improved frame rate, which oh, sucks. Get a PS5. Um, oh god, I, I really wish I held off, and like, so I'm gonna get an Xbox. So I can't even do the smart delivery thing on PlayStation, but it, the fr- I, I usually play in frame rate mode because it just it looks so much better. Yeah. I, I didn't realize how much like an improved frame rate can just improve. Oh yeah, and you know I, 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 I know. I'm a I'm a big PC gamer, and so I get really angry anytime someone says 30 frames per second. I like sort of start to like overheat a little bit. Um, I, I just sort of I just sort of start fidgeting my my hands. I get it's a it's not don't don't do it. Stop doing that. Stop making but it like that. Other than that, uh, Pokemon Snap still. <laughs> that's my life now, which is Mass Effect and Pokemon Snap. The only two things I need to sustain myself. That's, that sounds nice. Sounds like good sustenance. Um, I have been uh, continuing on with uh, Near Replicant. Um, I am on playthrough B right now, 35 hours in. Um, this is a big game. Uh, I am I'm so in love with it, though. I think it's an amazing game. And, like, I can... It is a very, very slow burn game. It is the slowest burning game I think I have ever played in my life. But is it, is it I longer can, than Automata? It's much longer than Automata. Yeah. Yeah. Like a considerably amount, a uh, considerable amount. But um, also the thing is that like the way that they have the endings laid out in in Replicant is like not very uh, uh, not re- not very respectful of your time. I will say, um, like uh, the way that Automata works with like replaying stuff is like the fixed version of this. You know, I still um, think that Automata didn't really respect your time with the B playthrough, but. That's just me. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. Is like if you feel that way about Automata, like this one is really good to be just kicking you in the nuts. Um, <laughs> which like I I love this though. Like you can I can see like slowly just little things here and there, and like the ending A, and like now I'm going back through on B. Like I can see the masterpiece of this unfolding, and like yes, like I I this is not something I'm gonna like yell at people to play though because I know everyone doesn't have like 30 to- 30 hours to wait for a game to get good <laughs> um, yeah. but um, I'm I- I'm absolutely in love with it um, and I re- and like anyone who enjoyed automata I think you should take a crack at it at least but it's oh man it's so it's so gorgeous and like the music is so good and like the story like I love I got to the visual novel part of it yesterday and I was like hmm I like I was, like, thinking, like, uh, I wonder, like, if they just, like, I know this is, like, a very underfunded project, the original one, like, maybe they, I think they just, like, ran out of money here. It's like, no, 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 we're we're really bending genres and, like, crossing over to new territory. I didn't realize it did that. That's interesting. Is it because it ran, you ran out of money? <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, it does, it, it turns into sort of, you literally are just reading white text on a black screen for about two hours of it, oh my and then it goes back into, like, a giant big boss fight. <laughs> sounds like, sounds like that's, a Takuru Zero. Flat. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, it's, it's, it's fucking incredible. I, um, I love it so much, though. But yeah, I'm, I'm grinding out right now to get all the weapons, because you have to get all 33 weapons to get the true ending. I don't, nobody knows why. Um... <laughs> So yeah, I'm I'm just grinding out money right now, buying some swords, killing some robots. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm 100% recommend. And I also just as a side note, I tried uh, Knockout City yesterday night because it came out on Game Pass. Um, pretty fun. It is. It looks fun. It's like bad Splatoon. Sometimes that's all you want, I think. It's like mediocre Splatoon. It's I... better than Ninjala, and it is worse than Splatoon. <laughs> 
I gave it a go, but my first match was unplayable. The internet connection was like so bad. I was just like bouncing around all over the place. I did all the tutorials, the like seven tutorials you have to do, which takes like ages. And then oh, I like, skipped the tutorials. It's very complex. There's a lot of depth to it, which is, you know. Oh I yeah, get, like I, I, didn't I, I just match. Yeah, I, I just like jumped into the matches and like learned by like just hitting buttons, um, yeah. which went okay. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy it. I don't see this being fun for more than three or four hours, to be honest. Like. But maybe if they add like a ton of content after launch, it might be cool. Anyway, it's it's all right. I, I, I if you have Game Pass, I think it's worth the time to download it and give it a try. Unless you're in New Zealand, and I guess the servers don't work there. I I, I don't. I might have just been a weird time. I'm sure. I'm sure. Like if I played it now, it might be all right. But who knows? Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, let's um let's go ahead and jump into our our main segment. So welcome everyone to Bustums. Uh, today we are talking about uh, a Link Between Worlds, uh, which is a very good Zelda game. Uh, so, Re, first of all, I don't know, have you played this game? Yes, I, I'm just like, I feel like I have. I've played like most of You feel games. like you have? Like, yeah, Link Between It was the th 3DS one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, the, that's the one I'm thinking of, yeah. Okay, Yeah, cool. yeah, I played this. Yeah, um, that's great. So, like, uh, the reason that we chose this game is, um, I, I was thinking maybe to keep more to our traditional format here, um, uh, uh, Jared's got a new game coming out soon, which we'll talk about, like I said, and uh, A Link Between Worlds and the other 2D Zeldas are big influences for it. So I thought it might be fun to dive into that and then kind of lead that into talking about his game. So we're going to give it a go. This is sort of a, a test run, but like if we're if this podcast is in like a year, like a very famous thing, this is kind of what I would want the format of the show to be, would be like have like a developer on and kind of do this. Um because right up till now, we've just been using a rotating panel of my friends. <laughs> um, so anyway, but no, uh, friends are good too. Uh, and thank you to all my, like, literally like 30 different friends I've pulled from different places to be on the show at different times. Uh, <laughs> Ree, okay. where, Ree, where, are, where are your friends? You haven't ever brought any um, of them on here. None of them are interested in podcasting. I almost got my boyfriend on to talk about Baldur's Gate, but he was like, no. Nah. Doesn't sound like my thing. <laughs> so you just have like very charismatic friends, I think, and mine are all shy. Oh, <laughs> you love those shy boys. Um, yeah, apparently I do. Okay, so let's let's dive into it. So um, yeah, uh, Zelda: a Link Between Worlds is a sequel to A Link to the Past, um, and it is the seventeenth main series game in the Legend of Zelda franchise. Did That's not realize that. That's a lot. It's That's a lot, a lot of them. <laughs> Um, so it released for it. This is so weird too. It also released first in the West and then a month later it came out in Japan. Um, that's a weird one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this is just to kind of let people know, like beforehand, like this also, this game in Japan is called Triforce of the Gods too. Um, oh. because a link to the past was called Triforce of the Gods over in Japan. Um, which is like, I like our names better cause they're puns. Um, yeah. Probably doesn't work, I guess. As well. oh, actually, I guess, uh, yeah. if, if the subtitles in English, anyways, I guess it doesn't matter, or is it? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Actually, I think it's. I'm not sure. I think it's probably in Japanese, but I think now they're the same names. I think the last few Zeldas have had the same names in Japan and you know the uh, the West, but um, they've they've done a lot of those where like I think Hyrule Warriors, not Hyrule Warriors. W Heroes was well. Triforce Heroes had a different name too. Anyway. So, yeah, uh, why don't you tell me, just briefly, Jared, like, what, what is this game about? Like, what's what's in it? Just, like, elevator pitch for, for this game. Told me not to prepare. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I mean, just uh, just say, say some things about it. Like, it, you don't have to, like, talk in detail, just, like, you know. I, I mean, I, I'm assuming the story, I, ca I can't remember the story exactly, but I'm assuming the story is that you have to beat Ganondorf. It might not be, but that's kind of my assumption, some version of him. It's basically uh, that. Yeah, but, uh... The things I remember most about it, I feel like, are the interesting mechanics and like the you can like go two D into the wall as like being able to like navigate around some of those parts. And I think it was the only game that did this in the Zelda series where you have like that magic bar and then you buy those items from like the bunny dude or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, it, yeah. it's like you don't have ammo, which I kind of liked because it means you could bomb to experiment without having to waste them and that kind of stuff, which was kind of cool. Um, yeah, uh, I I think so. I, so just for everyone. Uh, anyone else like who hasn't seen this game it's it's one of the top down 2d zeldas but it's kind of like a slanted view so you can see everyone's and it's like, a, like it's actually 3d art but it's like the that yeah. 2d style game yeah 
yeah, it's 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 really neat. Um, so yeah, we'll jump into the development here. So, um, they uh, so the three uh, three developers from the team who had worked on Spirit Tracks were uh, assigned to start workshopping the new Zelda game, the new handheld Zelda, while the main Zelda team with Anuma was working on Skyward Sword. Um, and um, so they, they, they worked for about six months. They created a prototype and uh, they built this game they said was themed around communication. Um, and it was a uh, kind of a more traditional 2D Zelda game. And Re, just in your experience, what is what is the worst thing that can happen to your game right when you finish your prototype when you work at Nintendo? Oh, when you work at Nintendo? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's hard to guess because like they don't work like any other gaming company. So I was about to say we've we've oh, seen this happen like, like w- just think for a second. We've seen this happen like nine or ten times on on this show so far. You're working on you're working like... you work for Nintendo. You're working on your prototype. You finished it. You think you have a great product here. Oh, Shigeru Miyamoto comes in and Shigeru says... Shigeru Miyamoto no. shows up. <laughs> and he says, ah, it's not fun. <laughs> it's not good. He called the... Uh, yes, he came in, he tried out their prototype and said it was outdated and uninspired. <laughs> oh, sad. Ooh, that's <laughs> it told them to told them to try again. Um, oh, God. <laughs> and so... Um, the, from so th- this team uh, kind of got restarted on it, and um, basically, like, God, I can't even imagine, like, the the like, you're like working, you know, at your computer, and you're like typing away, and there's like at the in like all this like lingering fear in the back of your mind, like whenever you hear footsteps by the door, like, God, what if it's him? <laughs> it's <laughs> <Is> him. It... <laughs> He's come to destroy. Our game sucks. <laughs> um. So yeah, um, at, at this point, um, uh, Shikata, who is one of the producers here, who I'm speaking about, he was like, okay, like we're gonna have Link, you know, merge into walls and like out of walls, kind of do a mix of 2D and 3D. And um, he got so interested on the, in this idea, they got so into it that this team of three guys in one day created a working prototype of Link, like merging into and out of walls into 3D and 2D. Um, which is, I think, I don't know a lot about coding. Maybe Jared, you can give me an idea on that. How is sure. that? Is that crazy? I mean, pr- prototyping stuff like you can get stuff done at a basic level kind of quickly, depending on what it is. But it's about obviously making it work in all cases, and like so it never breaks throughout the whole experience. But I'm sure you can. Yeah, I mean, you can get something functional within a day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just kind of shocked because I was like, why is it taking Todd so long to make Starfield? Then <laughs> um, what's, he, what's he doing? What's he doing? Um, by the way, did y'all see that, like, video people are passing around now of, like, when they did that interview, like, a few months ago with, uh, over Zoom with, like, Todd Howard and Phil Spencer, and, like, the interviewer asked Todd Howard, like, so, what can you say about Starfield? And he's like, I think people are a little too hyped for it for a game they don't know anything about. (laughs) (laughs) You guys want my game too much. I want some of you to not want to play it. (laughs) God, there was the other thing that was, like... Somebody was like, oh, like, Fallout 76 was bad, so, like, they're working really hard on this. And they're like, I, saw I that, love yeah. the idea that, that Todd Howard, like, saw the reviews of Fallout 76. is like, guys, we have no choice but to make Starfield good. Now we gotta make good games. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta make it good instead. Um, oh, God. God. Anyway, uh, I, I also have to qualify that, like, I'm probably more hyped for Starfield than any other game. So, even though I know <laughs> nothing about it. Very good. You're, you're one. Um, I'm one of them. So, um... Like I said, they, they created this prototype, and they still they kind of were considering this to be a sequel to Spirit Tracks at the beginning, actually. They hadn't had the idea to connect this to A Link to the Past uh, when they started on it. Um, but around October 2010, they met with Miyamoto again to present their second prototype, and this time he said it was fine. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so they cheered. This is like, it's like, are you proud of me, Dad? He's like, eh, fine. Good enough, good enough. Um, so within two weeks of entering production, um, he, uh, they, uh, <laughs> so I don't know if like Miyamoto has this thing where he's like purposefully sabotage. I wonder if he has, he's playing 5d chess is my question. Like does he purposefully sabotage these ideas with the knowledge that in the end things will end up a lot better all around. But like, this sounds like a bad idea right now. Um, cause what happened next was that. After just a, f- a few days after they finished their prototype and he approved of it, he came back and he said, like, sorry, guys, I'm breaking up the band. 
you guys are all going to work on the Wii U console, which I think is going to be a huge success. <laughs> this is a time for notoriously good ideas from Nintendo. Right. So they had this concept idea and basically the, the link being 2D and 3D thing, flipping in and out of walls, and then they kind of just threw it in the garbage, right? Um <laughs> I feel so, like that's quite, it's quite a common Nintendo thing to, at least from what I've heard from a lot of a lot of their game series, is that they only want to make sequels if there's going to be something different about it. If you are just going to make something derivative of the same thing, they're not as keen to like do that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, and I mean that's I think that's true of all of their series. I haven't really seen anything be Apart too similar to its predecessor. Yeah, I was about to say Splatoon is probably <laughs> the only thing. Like, because I mean that honestly, though Splatoon's such a simple concept and it worked so well out of the box. It's just like, what can we do but just add more junk to it? <laughs> Okay. I was about to say that like, they would be really daft to not do that, but like, I, th- I think good business strategies and Nintendo haven't always been friends, so sure. I'm surprised <laughs> that they're sort of, <laughs> you know, continuing that. Um, I guess the only one that was like really similar was, I guess, but this is only assets wise, like Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, but even right. then, like, the games were completely concepts. different to play, yeah. so... And- and that was like a time crunch thing because they were given literally one year to make another mainline Zelda game. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. Exactly. And even then, it's just the tone of it. It's just you wouldn't go to those games for the same thing. So yeah, you're absolutely right. They do not want to just reinvent the wheel, I guess. Um. Yeah. So in uh, in November 2011, they released Skyward Sword, of course, and the Zelda fandom was split forever in in twain. Um. <laughs> about whether that is a good game or not um it's a good game Shh. um so the uh so anuma who you know is the sort of the like big director of the zelda franchise since uh since miyamoto stepped off uh, stopped working hands-on on zelda which i think ocarina of time was the last one he actually directed himself if i remember correctly um anuma who was serving as one of the producers at the time uh and he, he had worked on ocarina stepped up and he is has been leading the zelda franchise ever since um so he was kind of thinking about like okay what's our next handheld gonna be right after they released skyward sword and so digging around in the old nintendo vaults he found their prototype for link jumping in and out of walls and was like maybe this is something um <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it was it was yeah and so um Two of the guys involved uh, are uh, Shikata and Mori, who were the ones who created the uh, the prototype for it, were still uh, heavily involved in developing the Wii U uh, hardware, uh, or the operating system, rather, which I guess they, they did. The, uh, it, it certainly has an operating system, I'll say. Um <laughs> Well, glowing review. <laughs> glowing review. Anuma uh, decided to revive that project without its core members uh, over a year after it had been just thrown in the vault. So uh, he, re- uh, they restarted the game, and after, and it is worth noting, after the Wii U launched, um, Mori and uh, Shikata both joined the uh, the team again to lead a development on A Link Between Worlds. So they did get back into it. Um. So yeah, this. Interesting here, we were just talking about frames. Um, Mori, de- Mori actually demanded that this game had to run at 60 frames per second. The thir- 30 was not good enough because he was also a PC gamer. That's hot on the 3DS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Do you know something weird I found out? I found out that the only Pokemon games, the only mainline Pokemon games, sorry, in history that have run at 60 FPS are Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald on the Game Boy Advance. Wow. Oh my god. The, the new <laughs> really? ones definitely don't run at 60. You get in those combat situations, yeah. you're like, damn, these run at like It's like 10. four. Yeah. <laughs> Sword and Shield, like, legit drops to single digits sometimes. Um, good work over there. Um, we well, love... It has to do... It has to sacrifice something for those phenomenal graphics, I guess. <laughs> How else are we going <laughs> to fit all these... animations. How else are we going to fit all these dang Pokemon in here? Oh, we didn't... <laughs> oh, we didn't fit them in, did we? Oh. Uh-oh. Um, so yeah, they doubled the frame rate. Um, so the reason they had to have a 60 FPS is because they wanted you to actively use the touchscreen for inventory management to drag on and off of the screen. And they said that wasn't possible with the game running at 30 FPS because your hand would move too quickly. Um, and so they were like, okay, we got to build this for 60 FPS to make it fluid. And I will say of all the games that use like inventory on the touchscreen, like, the 3ds zelda games like the ocarina and and majora's mask remake included like those are the only ones that work well (laughs) i think um 
I don't know if y'all have had a lot of other good experiences with, like, touchscreen heavy games on the 3DS. Mm, not really, no. <laughs> no it's it's not comfortable to use it with the, like... It's... Yeah. yeah, it's like, how am I supposed to hold this, like, big fat Game Boy with one hand and then, like, push on it with the other hand? Yeah, if you had the X XL, it was just way too heavy as well. Yeah, I had the XL. I was going to say, I, I, I did play Spirit Tracks, and I, I um, that has, like, the movement with the stylus, I'm pretty sure, and all that. Like, yes. you have to use that. And I, I didn't actually hate that. It actually worked pretty well because it was, like, built around having to use it the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard people, there are some stalwart defenders of that game, and, and to them I say, shoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I only I gave Spirit Tracks like an hour before dropping it, though. That's Dang. probably on me. I like could not get used to the controls. Um, but um, so the reason they did this is because they wanted, like I said, the the stylus to work. So they also wanted to give like more freedom to people, and they actually like a little bit into it. Were like, oh, like what if this is an open world game? Like, what if this is like a link to the past? But like it's um, it's open and you can do it however you want. And so, going from that concept, and I mean, it's it's interesting actually because uh, this, um, I think this is actually the second one because the very first, if I remember correctly, the very first Legend of Zelda game from the '80s was also open world, correct? Yeah. You, you, well, you, yeah. you could do it. You could do some of the dungeons out of order, but not all of them because I think there was some requirements. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, this. So this this game is perhaps like the actually like not like Breath of the Wild like you might think is perhaps the first open world Zelda game. Actually, um, you can pretty much you can. They said that they were designing it around you know like doing anything you want in any order, and they then realized that they couldn't do the traditional thing of you go into a dungeon in that item in that dungeon at the end you get an item that lets you get to the next dungeon you know that's yeah. the traditional zelda thing that's where the bunny um, comes in <laughs> that's where the bunny comes in i want to talk about ravio a little bit <laughs> um i love this fool uh i so i don't this is the main thing that I, whenever i talk to anybody about this game the main thing of course other than like going into and out of walls like the main thing people remember is the item rental system yeah. and uh ravio who is just this dope ass bunny who's like hey friend like i got a selection of wares for you and like pulls open his trench coat and there's like a <laughs> hammer inside resident evil fall what's he doing yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and so yeah they, they opted for this system where you could rent items uh because they were like okay if you want to go to this dungeon that requires this item just rent it and go there um it is worth noting that the original draft of this game, actually, like when they were developing it, had a rental timer. And if you went over on your timer, you started to owe like insurance <laughs> to the bunny. Because that's what the game is one. <laughs> um, it's too real. So, too real. yeah, it's too. It's it's like I don't need that in my real life. Um, so, yeah, R Ravio was cool. Um, I, I enjoyed him. He's just kind of like a shitty guy who just had a lot of good stuff in his house. He's like a, he was like a shitty drug dealer, you know? And it's like, hey, I'm I sure need that's to. That's what Nintendo were going for. <laughs> I, I need to rent... drug dealer vibes. I, I need to rent this weed from you. I'll give it back. <laughs> um, yeah. So they uh, kind of continued on with the, this line of thought, and we're like, okay, so we want to make Link uh, into like a mural, rather, like kind of rather than just keep his art style. We want to make a different art style for the like wall stuff, and then that led them to creating a whole second like art style within the game for like the the murals and everything and for the villain yuga who is not really not ganon but like isn't it though it always is yeah yeah <laughs> isn't it like in skyward yeah. sword they're like it's not ganon and then you're like it's, it is though it looks at the end it looks like it is I though it really is <laughs> it's not ganon this time um yeah so in the uh what was i saying here yeah, so actually, interest, uh, Anuma said that the idea of Link turning into the mural in the first place was actually inspired by uh, Phantom Ganon uh, fighting by jumping into and out of the paintings during when you know the big boss fight with him in Ocarina of Time. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Which is a is a cool boss fight, um, and I have to hand in my gamer card here because I have not played it myself. That that boss fight specifically, I am still in the Shadow Temple in Ocarina of Time. Um. And I've been there for many years. <laughs> Never I think o Ocarina of Time might be like the most 
pretend completed game ever. I think a lot of people say they've completed it. But yeah, I, really oh yeah. Dead. They're on the water temple of all of us, you know? They never got past it either. I somehow made it through the water temple. The The problem is I was playing, I played Ocarina on my Wii U on the virtual console. So I was playing the N64 version and it has not held up. It has what, not at all, has I don't it? care what no, anyone I... says. It's, it's, it's outdated, definitely. Yeah, the 3DS one is much much easier to play. Um, so I mean, I I, I, I want to talk shit on other stuff too because I feel like pe- when 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 that um the Super Mario the 3D collection came out, people were like Super Mario 64 holds up, but I'd never played it before, and I was like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> See that I, I have to believe you because like to me it feels perfect, but like I've also yeah. pl- 100%ed that game I think 12 times. <laughs> and... Yeah, as someone going into like for the first time, I cannot play it. I, I want to because I love Sunshine so much, but I have never like been able to get on with 64. I don't know what it is. I, think I have a weird... <laughs> Sorry. Because <laughs> pretty much any game from that era doesn't hold up. No matter how good you think it is, none of those games hold up. Yeah, Yeah, it's, it's only good if you like I played mean, it as you... a kid and you're like used to it. you got the muscle memory from it. Yeah. And the you fact... can sort of look past a jank with nostalgia. <laughs> have you tried to play like Goldeneye from the N64 like in the last 10 years? I don't want is... <laughs> oh my god, it's so, it's just, it's incredible. Um, there I w- really are some games that are, like, better off as memories, I think. Yep. <laughs> you yeah. can just sort of oh. pretend that they're still good. <laughs> yes, 100%. Um, I-, I think the, uh, what was, I, what was I saying, though? I had, um, oh yeah, Mario 64, I weirdly, like, I played that a lot as a kid, but I never, like, beat it or got very far into it. I weirdly played that game, like, a lot in college, because whenever I... Because, like, I went to a big school, so, like, most of my classes my first year were, like, 300-person classes in a giant auditorium. And the, uh, like, I was just sitting there with my laptop in the back of the class, and I was like, this sucks. So I just started playing Mario 64 on an emulator, like, on the keyboard. And the, I, I just, like, played through that game over and over throughout my entire college career, just, like, sitting in class playing <laughs> Mario 64 on my laptop. Um, Amazing. And I, I like, 100%ed it several times. I beat it, like, cl- like maybe nine or ten times that way. And, like, it was weird picking up the Switch version and, like, my muscle memory is of you playing, playing on a keyboard and not, like, with a controller. <laughs> and so I was, like, yeah. Too much for a pro gamer. Yeah. Um, that, that's how I started playing Pokemon games was on emulators. And so, like, oh, really? I, I, okay. I never had a Game Boy, so that's how I played, like, some of the original ones. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I I played Pokemon on emulators before, but like I feel like I always just kind of like I don't know. It's it's hard to stay on it for me. Like I, I just like I'm like, do I really want to sit down at the computer for this? No, for, it's, for it's, Bulbasaur? A, it's a weird. Yeah, it's a it's a weird place to play it. <laughs> yeah. So um, so Link Between Worlds has like original music, but it also has like re- remixed and rearranged tracks from Link to the Past. Uh, this is composed by Ryu Nagamatsu and. Um, they, he actually also played the flute music for the milk bar in the game, which is fun. Um, oh, that's sweet. have we, we've talked about milk bars on here, right? Like how they're actually a real thing. Like when I was, yeah, I couldn't believe it. Like is, how's there enough milks to stick to the bar? <laughs> I love how when, when you, so re when you walk into one of your traditional British pubs, I don't think the thought ever crosses your mind. Like, how's there enough beer for this operation? Yeah, but like, <laughs> You know, you've got cow milk, you've got goat's milk, you've got the, the weird, you got the vegan milks, you know? Like, is that really enough for a bar? Where is the beer? I mean, like, like, you've got I a think million kinds. If you, uh, actually, this is a fun side note. I don't know if you know this. In Germany, like, legally, there, if something wants to be called beer, it, it can only contain four ingredients. Um, and it cannot contain oh, wow. any more or any less. Like, so every beer that comes out of Germany is just. Uh, I don't want to say the wrong things. Uh, <laughs> I, I know it's water is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is weird, because like, they're right near German Belgium, beer ingredients really good lot. beer, so... Okay. Yeah. 500... What is this thing? Hold on. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay. The law, it's, the law is from 1516, and it still holds. Water, barley... Oh, only water, barley, and hops were allowed, but yeast was added later. So water, barley, hops, and yeast are the only ingredients allowed in German beer. Um, yeah, so that's just... Same? You're just drinking spicy no, water at that not. point. They're not the same, though. German, like, uh, breweries have figured out how to, you know, use different techniques and, like, different uh, amounts and proportions of each thing to make completely different tasting beers. Like, it's incredible. I don't think I've had, like, a good german beer ever in my life though has to be said 
I don't know. Maybe maybe that one taste just isn't for me. Any uh, any German listeners, I'm sorry. Uh, Re, I don't know if you know how seriously they take beer over in Germany. <laughs> I'm I'm British, and I think we take it a bit more seriously here. If I'm honest. Oh. Really? Oh. <laughs> I I would argue that we do. I think you guys take the drinking of it more seriously. Um, <laughs> no, that's yeah, about the, the, the point. The consum- yeah. <laughs> consumption, yeah, yeah. The consumption end of it. Um, that's the that's the important bit. Yeah. Um. So anyway, the milk. I, you know what? Now I'm thinking about the milk bar though. Like I don't know that the cows like internally are sort of changing the proportions of the ingredients that are going into the milk. Eat, <laughs> um, I assume. Oh, you know what? Maybe that is it. Hey, maybe that's it. Like this is grass-fed milk. Like here's a here's where we fed a cow a bunch of fudge sickles and we saw what happened. Like you know. Um. Don't do that, please. Don't feed a cow fudge sickle. Um, so this is a fun, this is a very fun, very Nintendo thing, which is why I want to mention this next thing. Um, there was a demo uh, for A Link Between Worlds um, in at, in 2013, but it was only playable if you brought your 3DS to the Seattle showing of the Legend of Zelda Symphony of the Goddesses Second Quest concert tour. Wow. Oh, I love Nintendo. <laughs> and then, I and love then. them. <laughs> And then well, you can... So then they can't do anything normally, can they? No, they have to no, absolutely not. Put a little not. twist on it. And you also could play Wind Waker HD's demo there as well. That was the only place to play that one too. Um, so very, <laughs> what, very. What, what a waste of a demo. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. They made the demo for like a collective like 100 people, and like that's it. I, I did go to. I didn't go to the Zelda Symphony tour. I remember when they were doing the Pokemon uh, uh, Symphony Orchestra tour. I did go to that one with my friend, which was... It was a fucking balling concert. It was really good. Um, recommended. So... It's a bit far for me. Uh, um, let's see here. So, um, with the uh, the game's launch, they also... Um, they, they released this to uh, universal acclaim. Um, 91 on Metacritic, so fans liked it. And, or fans liked it already, but like critics like love this. Um, it's very highly acclaimed, and most people call it the best 2D Zelda. I would say more people than do than not. Like um, this seems to be one of the few Zeldas people don't fight about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, definitely. It's good, yeah. Um, and also sold 4.16 million copies worldwide, which is extremely good for a Zelda game. Um, once again, I must remind everybody that even though like uh, everyone loves seems to love zelda like nobody buys the damn things um these games have historically not sold very well ever um and People like the vibe the vibe zelda gives off the air of having sold a lot of copies though yeah um it really well i think does. the 3ds version obviously is like a lot of a lot of 3ds consoles probably helps yes yeah having a big install base for that one um Same with breath of the wild right on switch like this is everyone has yes. it on switch right so breath breath of the wild is the best-selling zelda game and it is actually the best-selling game in the series by a factor of three Oof. um it's sold about 22 million copies now and the next highest one was about 7 million copies Damn. so oh yeah yeah i guess it's because at that point they actually took a lot from other games yeah. rather than but like in the, in the, in its own way still but you know what i mean it was very much right. like it felt more like a a, a video game even, <laughs> than the even, other ones did i think it's weird because like historically i think people are like oh nintendo has like these big three properties like mario zelda and pokemon and they like like make all their money off of those and it's like zelda was never really part of that like trifecta like animal crossing has actually always historically sold a lot more than zelda um, there we go. Isabel should be the the, the mascot. Forget Link. Is- Isabel is the third piece of the Triforce. <laughs> <laughs> the the um yeah. So um it oh, also won a few Game of the Year awards. Um and at this is 2013, so we were still in the days of the Spike TV presents the VGX awards with uh, <laughs> a Joel McHale. Um, yep. And uh, it won best handheld game there, but uh, yeah. So I wanted to talk a little bit about like the actual game quickly. Just uh, are there any memories you guys have about it that like, or anything that really stood out to you? I feel like I kind of already said at the beginning kind of the first things I said, but I, like, I mean, you'd already described it as well. But like the the rental system being so different and the like having that bar for your abilities. I mean, like, maybe some of the dungeons, I guess they don't stick out as much because I don't remember them. <laughs> but I, I remember doing specifically, like, a sand one where you have, like, the wand that pulls up sand, I think. 
Yeah. There's also a lot of new items in this that they haven't had in Zelda before. And like, yeah, yeah. It, it feels like a very, like, airtight, polished dungeon design kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's quite specific, I think, because I, I guess, like, you have that rental system in pretty much each one. Is like the dun- there's a dungeon built around that item. You just kind of get it. You go over there, yeah. and you have like a whole experience around that thing. Yeah, and obviously the, yeah. having the two D element also kind of built into a bit of everything as well. Like that you can go into the walls and that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. And the, I think the cool thing is they like never really like let go of that mechanic. Like it's always relevant. Yeah. Uh, which is which is a good thing because there's like I think so many games, especially with having all these like multiple powers, like fall victim to the problem of like oh use this for like you know 30 times for the first hour and then like use it twice more for the rest of the game um, the, 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 i remember i remember there being a point where i guess i hadn't used it in a while and i forgot how to like i was like how do i do this puzzle and i was like oh yeah you can go in the walls i forgot because i was like used to using some other ability but generally <laughs> it is like it's consistent enough that yeah you're using it quite a lot right yeah yeah so um uh yeah if uh Rhi, you have anything else you want to throw out no, I mean I didn't actually stay with the game like too too long. Um, Are you I a fake having gamer girl? <laughs> I am. Yeah, I just I pretend to like video games because gamers are really cool people. I want to hang around. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I remember feeling like, oh, this is this is a confident Zelda game, and I've always meant to go back to it. Um, very unique, I guess. Like I mean, I I was always a fan of like the. The, the, those sorts of Zelda games. I always played like, the old ones all the time because I had them on the collection as, on as, on GameCube. Oh, okay. Um, so I've always been to like, go back to this one because it's sort of that, but with something new as well. And also the fact that you can do like the... Yeah, the, this seems like yeah, an easy choice. Order. Yeah. The, the I seems... guess why it's everyone's favourite. It's something new and something old. It, like, it pleases <laughs> everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know why, but like this one feels like a very easy choice for them to re-release on Switch for the anniversary this year um oh easily yeah yeah like i don't think they'd have to do anything to it either like it it already runs at uh at 60 fps i guess so they just gotta like up-res it to 1080p and throw it out there um well i guess is is there touchscreen controls i didn't really think about i think oh you're right because they would have to they'd have to probably redo some of how the menu stuff works but it's it's usually not that big a deal it'll be less work than the wii games (laughs) yeah for sure um (laughs) Sixty dollars for Skyward Sword, baby. Already pre-ordered, <laughs> and I got the amiibo and the Joy Cons. Fuck you, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to do that fast travel thing. Sweet. I'm actually not going to use it for the fast travel. I just want uh. the display. I just want to. I just want to have Zelda there. Just, I love la- laughing at everyone else's face. <laughs> I love Skyward Sword Zelda though. Like I love her design and her personality in that game. And like that that game is always like. So I I just have to mention again like. I know everyone thinks I'm big Zelda boy, but like I, I actually had not played a single Zelda game until I was in college, and I played Skyward Sword on the Wii. That was my first Zelda game. Uh, the one that everyone would say don't play first, and you yes, played it first. But I loved it. Like I completely fell in love with it, and like it made me want to play every other Zelda game, which I did do after that. I, I, I'm um, pretty sure. I, I, pre- I can't remember exactly, but yeah, I played them quite late as well. And I'm pretty sure my first one was Spirit Tracks, which is obviously a very weird one. <laughs> <laughs> that's like yeah, the other one the people would say, one people say no. don't play first <laughs> um but yeah like i love zelda in that game and i love and also like that was the only game where they like finally just like were like fine and like let link and zelda be like a couple you know it is the only game where that happens out of wow. fucking like 30 of these games jesus are you kidding like in my head i sort of filled in the blanks so i was like yeah they're they're a couple uh, yeah, it's like now it's you a... point out, like, oh god, they're not, are they? No, they're, they're not. Kidnapped. They never have a chance to have any like <laughs> progression with the relationship because she's always Bre- gone. I... Well, so Breath of the gonna, Wild too. They're going to be together. They're going to get cold down in that cave. They're going to have to cuddle up in there. That's my canon. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the the ending the ending shot of Skyward Sword is like them like holding hands and kissing or whatever, and it's very good. Uh, so everyone very risque for Nintendo, to be honest. I'm, I, I'm surprised they were I'm that pretty sh- I'm pretty sure it like whites out right before their lips touch, and it's like Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Obviously, Miyamoto hadn't seen that 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 scene. Maybe they did kiss, and then he charged in on the final day for release. Was like you have to cut to black before the lips touch. <laughs> eight, eight inches apart. Otherwise, we're having to cut leave, the age rating. Save leave the children. Room. Yeah, leave room for Palutena. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
All right, so yeah, we're gonna kind of finish up here by talking a little bit about uh, Jared, your upcoming game, uh, Trigger Witch. So um, I know you've probably had to do this many times. Um, give <laughs> Not me, as much yet, but I will soon. Yeah. What's your? Uh, oh yeah, very sure. Uh, so maybe this is a good place to practice your elevator pitch for your game. Oh, Light, lightning round. <laughs> I mean, uh, okay, I'll do. Have to, I, I don't have it in front of me. We do have one somewhere. But, okay, you can you can just talk about it. You don't have to have like an official one. Well, yeah, I, I guess I can explain what it is overall. It's like a two D. I mean, we describe it as like a two D action adventure, twin stick shooter. It's like an open world thing, and I guess the easier way to describe it in ways that it's like relating to something else is that it is designed like a two D Zelda game would be in terms of dungeons, open world. There's like story elements and like getting you guns mostly because it's twin stick shooter. Um, but then a lot of gameplay obviously is different because twin stick shooter so it's like closer to a lot of roguelike type games and i was actually quite happy that when we released the newest trailer no one was like oh it's a roguelike because i think we we did a good enough job of explaining making it look like it's not because we definitely didn't want to get that vibe because but that's what most people think of with twin stick shooters is that it would be um i guess that's yeah it. I, 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 it's witches and guns is kind of the main concept Okay, so you are you are playing as a witch, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so is there magic too, or is it just guns? So there is some magic. I mean, the the, the story is actually a decently big part. Um, we had a writer, Jono. He wrote like I think it ended up being over like twenty thousand words, probably. So he had like a decently big story oh and um, a lot of lore and stuff about magic that was in the world and that how guns came in and it has like made that happen less but there is still magic and there's there's magic in the world even if you don't necessarily use magic all the time but it's mostly guns that you use it's nice to think there's magic in the world <laughs> um yeah okay so uh, what what is if i like picked up this game and like had it in my hands like do, what do you have what other games do you think you would like compare the feel of it to like just playing through it yeah well, i mean i guess like kind of any twin stick shooter you can think of i guess but like um Things like Nuclear Throne or Enter the Gungeon or okay, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Like, I mean, like it, it, it plays like a twin stick shooter. You know, you, you move with one stick yeah. and you aim with one stick and you shoot and stuff like that. But we, we've done some things with like how you swap between guns and how reloading works to encourage uh, weapon swapping and keeping the variety up with that. And um, oh, I love that. We we do quite yeah. a lot. Of, and th so there's unlimited ammo, but you're you're having to reload them and that kind of thing. And there's okay. quite a lot of enemy variety, and because it's like a dungeon type thing where the dungeons are all have like their own unique mechanics and stuff, there's unique enemy types, and we tried to tried to make different weapons be more useful in different dungeons. Like, there's one with like a darkness stuff, so the shotgun is better in there because you're like can't see as far. And then there's one where it's like there's very little walls, and so you end up getting the sniper, and the sniper is better for shooting longer range to when there's no walls, you can kind of get those enemies. So it's, we don't really have any. Like in Zelda, you would get items that would allow you to progress through a dungeon because, like, they're forcing you to use an item. And we don't really do that. Some of the dungeons can be done out of order, like um, groups of them. And um, it's just kind of like the weapon you get in that dungeon will just complement that dungeon's mechanics is, is the idea. Okay, nice. I, I have to say, like, I love, I love the game design idea of having... Uh of games that like encourage you to keep swapping weapons like i i like i don't like games that like let you get too comfortable with one ex one single play style and just like continue to hammer through that way do you know what i mean yeah um yeah that's what like, we wanted to do like i mean i, I don't want to complete that's what we didn't want to force people to use a weapon 100 percent. like if they really didn't want to there's going to be i think nine weapons total and so you can pick a couple that you really like and you can upgrade the damage and the reload speed and fire rate and that kind of stuff um right but we also made it that if you really upgraded a gun then got a new gun you really like, you can refund all of your stuff and get all your stuff back and reassign it to different weapons. So you're never locked in to making something really good. Like, if you want to experiment, it's all good as okay. well. You can, like, switch it up. Is there, like, a lot of, like, detailed upgrading? Is it, like, an RPG skill tree thing? Or is it just, like, make this gun better? It's Yeah, it's just the values of the gun. So you, you got to, like, find collectibles, which un you can unlock either damage, fire rate, reload speed, or capacity, and then you can upgrade that per gun. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So the uh, what are so does this is this like similar to like your previous work at all, or is this like feel like very new to you, like this whole genre? I, well, I, I would say like if you play Reverie, like the design overall is like similar, right? Where it's like the the dungeons and 
the overworld and like the, the overall design of doing that i guess the closest thing is the zelda game and then obviously that's what we we did that forever and then we're doing that for trigger Witch in a way of having that similar overall world design but i feel like the game itself will feel very different but it's kind of like an extension of what we learn and try to make everything better in every aspect but also making it a very different gameplay feel there's a lot less puzzles there's more combat and there's a lot more enemy variety um in it as well yeah i get what you're saying like i think i've seen a lot of studios do that well like arcane obviously like taking what they learned from dishonored and like kind of mastering it and in, in prey but also making it very different kind of that same thing um yeah so yeah i was actually going to ask about like how narrative heavy it is but you've, you've already said there is a good there is a story to follow there are characters to fall in love with and all that jazz yeah, we, we definitely wanted to because from reverie we a lot of our dialogue was kind of one-off it was like you usually talk to somebody and you either don't come back to them or you maybe come back to them like once but uh, we wanted to keep some of the characters more consistent and coming back throughout the story and then we also wanted to include story within dungeons because in reverie we also didn't have any dialogue inside dungeons it was like just dungeon stuff but we wanted to Mm -hmm. integrate more of a narrative inside each dungeon and have more of a reason for why they exist and the story inside of it and so that's kind of why why the story ended up getting a lot more is because we had it in like every aspect of the game now that's really cool no i I like that because i I think there's um i don't know like I, i think some games also fall into that trap of like do this action segment and then like here's some cutscene and then do some action and then back and forth like intermixing it like that is i i like what you're saying there um we, we, we did have a worry at, at one point that we we did actually end up having to we put a bit more combat in between where we had a point where there was a decent amount of like dialogue cutscene something like this might be too much all in a row so we kind of split it up and tried to because it's just a bit much to keep your attention that long um we definitely tried to consciously be like don't just give people a bunch of text <laughs> in a row yeah um yeah so um i was also gonna uh ask like are you guys like planning to like add more content later is there is there dlc ideas are you just trying to just get the game out and then reassess it or <laughs> uh it's very unlikely we'll do any extra content like we, we like to just have it be complete if we can just like yeah, release it sure. um have it we tried to have everything in that we can like we don't we didn't really leave room to add more we feel like it's gonna be concise and complete as it is yeah Okay. About about how long do you think it'll take? Is it like a really replayable thing, or is this kind of just like a narrative that you follow to the end? Uh, I mean, it's replayable in some ways. We have some dialogue choices that um give you different responses slightly, but it doesn't like change the overall game. But right. Uh, I when I last played through it, which took a while, it was ten hours, and I know what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, that 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 to me feels good. Uh, I don't know about you, Re. I'm. I, I've been in, I've been in, I'm on the second of five playthroughs of Nier, and I'm 35 hours in. <laughs> <laughs> so, I I think I would welcome that, like a, maybe like a 12, t- 12 to 15 hour game is what I'm probably hearing for most newcomers. That's, um, yeah, that's what and I, plus I, really, I really like the aesthetic of it as well, Trigger Witch, I've, I'm really excited for it, so. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love I love the art that you guys are using. It it does it does yeah. feel very Zelda E, but it also I don't know why I'm like kind of reminded of Hyperlight Drifter a little bit too, just how everything kind of moves. There was actually one aspect. I played Hyperlight Drifter after we started making it, and there was one aspect where I saw that they had um when you break there's like breakable objects in it and they turn uh-huh. into little breakable bits and then you can walk into those and they move and I was like, I can do that. So I already had breakable bits, so I just put collision on them in physics and they move now when you walk into them. <laughs> Um, okay, so yeah, let's just round it out, I guess, with like when and when is this uh, releasing and on what platforms and such. Um, it should be releasing soon. We don't have a proper release date, but it's hoping to be within the next like you know a couple of months. Um, okay. It'll be on release. It'll be Xbox One, PS4, Switch, and then the plan is to release on next gen when we can. Wait, what about the PC gamers? Yeah, we'll we'll see. <laughs> we'll um we'll probably end up doing a PC um version. We just have to. I I would like to add more support for what PC gamers expect. Maybe like having other options in it and being able to rebind all the keyboard keys and stuff would be nice. Because at the moment you can rebind on the controller, but it's quite limited. Um, if you're playing on PC. Right, that makes and, like, sense. And like and like yeah. resolution options, full screen, borderless window. Oh, I'd want to have those options in if I could. Yeah, that's that makes sense. So uh, is this is it uh. What a! I'm sorry. I, I gotta ask. What frame? What's the frame rate? What's it look like? <laughs> yeah, on Switch, it's 60 most of the time. 
Hey. Which is which was the Switch is the worst one. When we made Reverie, we were like, what does it run like on Vita? That's like the main thing you would focus on because if it runs well on the Vita, it'll run well on anything. So yeah, on the Switch it runs pretty well overall, and then it's just um, everything else runs great because if the Switch runs it well. The Xbox is going to run it great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, cool. I'm I'm trying to decide whether to get that on PS5 or Switch. Like, I f- this feels like something I would probably do a lot more handheld. Honestly, I'll probably yeah. I, I think and I, you know I, that I you're going to get it. On Switch, just for being a Nintendo show, you know? <laughs> I've I've legitimately like purchased games for the Switch that like I never intended to play there that I also just bought on PC and it's like I want to play this on PC but I want like everyone to know. That, well, what, that, like, it doesn't even what, surprise me. I'm not w- surprised in the slightest. <laughs> one thing I would say is that the Switch Joy Cons I don't think are the best for twin stick shooters. I think the Pro Controller probably feels better. So it okay. kind of depends on. Like just from I don't know, the, the the sticks are a lot smaller and stuff like that and the and the triggers are well I guess the switches right. have triggers at all it's like buttons so I don't know depends how you feel but yeah yeah is this like a is the D pad for like a movement too or is it like that a, a different thing no so what I've done is on the D pad you can equip favorite items so oh, okay great yeah because there's, okay. there's gonna be quite a few so you can assign those to the D pad the D pad kind of hard to access if you're moving but it's good to just like if you're in between combat able to like assign what you want and you can. It's kind of like Ratchet and Clank in a way where you have the um, previous weapon. So if you tap L, like L1 or left button, yeah. or whatever, it'll swap to two previous guns that you have. And then you can... Uh, uh, so the last two you equip will be the one that it'll go back to, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Okay. That that sounds pretty dope. I am I was I was obviously kind of like interested in it before, but like I, you've, I think you very much sold me on it. I probably am going to get that on Switch. Um so yeah, I think that's probably good. Uh, thanks for thanks for coming on with us. Let's Please. I guess close out. Um, unless there's anything else you want to say quickly about it. Buy it when it comes out. Hopefully, follow us on Twitter at Rainbite if you want to, or anywhere else, Instagram and Facebook I think as well. But that's about it. Nice. Are y'all making it? Sorry, are y'all making a next gen version too, or is it just like the backwards compatible version? The plan is to make a next gen one. We just got to get the dev kits and stuff because you know it takes time, money. Ah, uh, okay. But um, I would be keen to do the ps5 adaptive triggers probably the most because that would be quite yeah. cool for gun feel oh we'll have to see that, that would goes. be good yeah that is really cool yeah okay well yeah let's uh let's close out then uh so thank you to um todd howard for uh releasing starfield um <laughs> this week it's been <laughs> it's been really good um seeing sort of the collective gaming industry fall apart um and uh yeah so you can find us at uh, gameluster.com and uh gameluster or youtube.com slash gameluster as well um and also we're at, on twitter at gamebusterspod. pod give us a follow we're cool um so yeah uh jared just any uh obviously you have your game that we just talked about you want to shout out anything else you're you're working on or you want to give a shout out to a plug i mean the game is pretty much it yeah just rain by it just follow us wherever and then buy the game when it comes out that's pretty much it Okay, great. Um, okay, so yeah, uh, Reed, do you have any plugs you want to throw out? No, um, oh God, I think I've probably got some terrible opinion pieces about Mass Effect coming out soon. I'll probably write one. Were you the one, uh, so you the one who posted, like, this is my husband, and it was like the like bad cricket from A Bug's Life? <laughs> dude i have had so many people send that to me this week and go rihanna it's literally you it's just like yeah i get it okay you're all you're all making the joke i know (laughs) anyway um so follow me uh um at re underscore bevan on twitter if you want to see some really terrible opinion pieces about mass effect i have the worst opinions on that game so um yeah I've sold it really well. <laughs> yeah, if you want to see more, if you want to see more, um, more speculation, more baseless speculation about the release date of Starfield, you can follow me at Gondizi on Twitter. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so if you guys have any uh, suggestions for what games you want us to, to cover, whatever, throw them out here. Or if anyone wants to, um, uh, you know, give us a review on on iTunes or any other podcast thing that lets you rate stuff, that would be dope. Um, That'd be dope as hell, dude. So yeah, I think that's it. Um, we didn't really have a game or a contest this week, so we don't have a winner. Um, so uh, I think that uh, J- Jared, do you have like sort of a, any sort of a catchphrase that you say all the time that everyone knows you for that you could close oh. us out on? Oh, uh, not really. No, sorry. <laughs> okay. Could, do you want to like play with me in the space a little bit and pretend that you do? 
Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, uh, sure. I'll just say sweet as. I mean, I don't know. What'd you say? Sweet as. I was told that it's a weird thing and it's not a thing people say. Did you say sweet as? Sweet as. Sweet as. I've never. No, sweet as that's what? That's not a phrase I've heard it, well, <laughs> a lot before. It's like saying cool as or something, right? It's like it's not. It's like you're comparing something, but you're not. It's just that's the whole thing. What is cool as? as? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we got a culture clash here. Game, so, Game Busters International is always a fun. This is what you realm. asked me for, and I gave I gave you what I got. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> good point, Nirav. That's you, true. You I did. No, that's good. I'm I'm glad. Put, Thank you. You put him on the spot. <laughs> what, I don't even. I don't know. I don't know fucking anything about New Zealand. You guys have sheep over there? Yeah, we got a lot. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Close that on that. Thank you guys for joining us. I, th- I think I'm pretty sh- I'm pretty sure it like whites out right before their lips touch and it's like Nintendo.